everyone, and welcome to the Change Makers Podcast, where we chat with interesting and engaging individuals here and far about change, making change, living change in their own lives, how they've experienced unimaginable change, and innovative ways people uplift the lives of others. We chat about triumphs over tragedies, mindset matters, and how we live out our life's purpose inspirationally. So please join us to be inspired and empowered to be the change you want to see in this world. You know, we can all be change makers in our lives. Here's to the change you're about to bring forth. Morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of our Change Makers podcast. Change Makers uh, works and interviews individuals who are making extraordinary changes uh, in their lives and in the lives of others. This morning, I could not be more grateful and excited to speak and to talk with Miss Teresa Moore Griffin of, of Spirit of Purpose. And um, she, Miss Miss Moore, has been uh, CEO and founder of Spirit of Purpose um, since 1977. So she is clearly a master, an international expert in self-awareness and personal growth. Uh, so welcome this morning, Teresa. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me. Um, we are so delighted to have you talk with us today um, about your. Um, professional journey and you know some of the things that has gotten you there so if you would just tell us a little bit about yourself uh, your professional passion and a few insights into your professional journey that's a really big question for a woman who um, is sitting in the category of senior at this point so <laughs> I've had a <laughs> I've had a good long uh, good long run at all of this I'm happy to say that I have spent some time inside of corporations. I worked initially in the retail industry, then the financial industry and pharmaceuticals before I began my independent practice as a consultant, mainly focused initially on OD, uh, organization development, and have been doing that work mostly in the U.S., but also really around the world, which has been an absolute privilege and, and a joy to do the work in different contexts and figure out what works and what doesn't, you know, because our, our U.S. way of operating, our Western way of operating doesn't fit in all places. So there's so much learning and finding ways to be with people who are from other places and uh, find a way to have an impact. Mm -hmm. So that's what my life is, has been about. So share with us, I know that in, in many of our careers, if we are in it long enough, that what it begins as is not what it continues to look like over the long term. And that's one of the beauties, I think, about the freedoms that, of choice that we have and the unanticipated blessings um, of you know, traveling a particular path. And so um, in Explain to us what it is now that you do and what brings your greatest joy to your work. You know, I finally feel that I am at a stage in my life and career where 
I have something of value to contribute. Hmm. And mostly what it is at this point in time is bringing myself, me being me, bringing me to whatever work I'm doing. Um, because I find that mostly what I do is I help people be comfortable being themselves and bringing the best of who they are naturally to whatever work or task they're involved in. And technical expertise matters, of course. We all have areas in which we have to bring our technical competency to the work, but the foundation on which every bit of work occurs is the person who is doing the talking, who is doing the influencing and the convincing or the explaining or whatever the task is. Uh And so I feel that now my focus really is on helping people learn how to be their own best self and clear away the clutter that impedes that from happening. Amazing. More freedom. Yeah. So do you have a, you know, what I say oftentimes a profile of the ideal client, does that business model fit in especially well in a particular business sector or how, how do, you know, what is it that, clients look like when they come to you? Um, It's interesting. Most of my clients are senior level executives in part because the services that I provide um, for many of them, their companies will fund Mm -hmm. those services. And so I work with a lot of senior leaders in helping them show up more authentically, more genuinely, and with more heart for the work they do and the people with whom they work. Mm-hmm. Um, I also do a fair amount of work like you, Kimberly, with women who are in the um, professional services realm. Specifically, I do some of the coaching in a program where uh, women leaders come from the field of medicine and from all of the, uh, the realm of STEM and help them to let go of their limiting beliefs, their limiting self-perceptions, so that they are the strong leaders that they need to be. Oh, that's so invaluable um, to, to move people to see what they don't already know about themselves, right? I mean, it's just like opening up a whole new chapter of a dimension of them, their uh, true selves when they can get out of their own way. And, you know, you said it so well, it really is, I think, in large part about us getting out of our own way and us not limiting um, what we see as our capacity or our ability to handle certain situations. And for often for women, it's about saying yes a little bit earlier than we think we might be ready to say yes and allowing ourselves the space to grow into whatever role we're in. I think we often as women think that we need to be ready now, Mm -hmm. like more than ready, in fact, before we can say yes to opportunity. Um, And I I think that's a limiting belief. It it absolutely is. I I know that there are science and reports that show just in a job um, or a professional Um, opportunity that men will apply for a position if they are basically 60% prepared and qualified, whereas compared to women, 
they won't even apply for a position unless they can 100% check off all the, you know, the, the boxes of the job description. Exactly. So it's right there, you know, behind the game, behind the eight ball, if you will. And it's unfortunate because, you know, we all can't know everything about everything, but it, and, and one of the things that I study a lot is the difference between the growth mindset versus the fixed mindset mm -hmm. and, and the growth mindset informs us that, you know, we may not know everything at the moment or we, we don't have, um, well, we, we can, we, but we have the confidence in ourselves to know that we'll figure it out and that we will have take, find the resources to learn and grow for what we need to know when we need to know it. And I think that combination that you just described is so right that we, we will learn it and we will find the resources to help us in that process. And for all of us, even as we get to looking at where we are today, and I think about my own life and career, there have been so many people who have helped me along the way, sometimes in very large and significant ways. They gave me a chance to do something that they knew I wasn't ready for, and I did too. But their faith and belief in me set them up to say yes or to extend an invitation that I accepted. Knees knocking, heart racing, <laughs> right? Feeling unsure, all of that, but still taking the chance to say yes. So resources come uh, in, in the way of trading, but I think in large part in the way of people who stand at our back and at our side, helping us along the way. That's so beautiful. Um, that's so beautiful. I, um, yes, I absolutely 100% uh, agree with you. Um, also, and this is something that I've seen in your writings and your teachings that I completely embrace for our clients, and I would love to have you speak to, and that is the importance of taking ourselves and aligning our energy mm. with our intention. Mm -hmm. uh, I would love to hear from you why that, what that is and why it's important. Yeah, I mean, I'm smiling as I hear you say those words. They feel so good in me, so right. Yes. Um, it's, it really is the idea of that alignment of our energy, which happens to be our emotions, our feelings, our deeper beliefs, aligning that with our conscious intention, the things that we are thinking about, the goals that we have in mind, when the, when the belief in self, the energy, and the goals are not aligned, then what you get is a high quality mixed result, and oftentimes a disappointing result. But when we get our goals and our belief in ourself, literally feeling emotionally like, I can make this happen, I believe this will work for me. When you get those two things aligned, then you have the full power at your back. It's, that really is the wind at your back or the wind beneath your wings, however you want to phrase it, uh -huh. that will propel you forward. Mm. But the conflict of, I don't think I can, but I want it. Mm -hmm. If you think about that, the I don't think I can is the step back. I want it is the step forward. And if we step back and step forward, what we end up with is standing in the same place. 
yes. Right. So, yeah, abs absolutely. Ab absolutely. 100%. So I guess the question that if I were a listener um, and not a student of all of these things, I would be asking you, so how do I move myself in the direction of aligning my energy with what I want? Um, it's an inner job <laughs> yes. is really what it is in my experience. So a large part of what I have done for myself and I do with my clients is we talk about in that private confidential relationship, that coaching relationship, we talk about what are your goals and where do you have belief that really is propelling you forward. And we explore those places where there isn't alignment with goal and belief, goal and emotional conviction that you can do it. And we begin to explore why does that lack of belief exist? And oftentimes, and you know this, it is rooted in our childhood, in some early experience where someone said, you know, they can do that, those people, but you can't you know, that's not for us. Or um, one client that I was working with not long ago, exceptional, exceptional woman, executive. And um, she was in a place where she was feeling like she, she, it wasn't right to compete for anything in her professional life. And what we discovered in our conversations about why that belief existed in her was because she had an older sister and she, this woman, my client, was the sister who was high achiever academically, high, high achiever athletically. And she, as in her way, bested her sister and her parents taught her to not show up in that way, mm. to, to downplay her accomplishments and to not sort of boast about what she had done. And in that language, it really is to own what she had done. And that um, early lesson in her life taught her to mute her accomplishments, to not talk about them because that was bragging and to not do anything that would seem like competition and cause, quote unquote, cause others to feel less than. She was carrying that into her career as a professional and it was harming her. It was holding her back. It, and it's, it's just so heartbreaking to, to see that, you know, for folks like us who are total empaths and have been trained and sensitized, <laughs> you know, to see belief, beneath the levels, right? Yes. Uh, of, of the, you know, the actual dialogue and to understand what could be motivating factors or self-sabotaging behaviors and understanding, you know, the tremendous potential and capabilities of these highly, um, you know, highly experienced and highly capable women, you know, professionals, leaders, etc., to to see that they still, in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, have never come to a place of awareness, even to say, "This does not serve me. This is not who I am." Right. Exactly. And, you know, I think about as you talk, I think about the imposter syndrome, which is mm -hmm. something that plagues uh, so many women and people of color, quite frankly. 
uh, and being a person of color, I know that for a fact. Um, it, it really is made up of false beliefs. It is cultural projections that we've taken on and we're counting as true, right? About what people like me can and can't do. And my work is to help people uncover exactly what those lies are and to find a way to let go of them. Mm. And it, it's through conversation and looking at the results in your life that you get clues about what they are and where they are for you. Well, that I couldn't agree more, which, which brings me to one of the um, questions that I want to ask, and that is, um, and we've spoken about this briefly, but years ago, I absolutely fell in love with your book, Hmm. lies that limit and quite frankly uh, it transformed my life how I saw myself um, and what the work that I needed to do internally to help me accomplish and even see what was possible in my own life um, and so you know for that I am eternally grateful to you Teresa for having that gift to put down pen to paper to unfold and illuminate those things that that do create the lies that limit. Um, but I would I would I would love for you to share with our listeners uh, what lies is an acronym for, hmm. and how limiting beliefs and maybe explain more what that actually means can derail our lives or at least hold us back from reaching a more fulfilling human experience. Yeah. Well, you know, that book, um, I resisted writing it for a very long time because, mm. listen to this, I didn't believe that I had much to say. <laughs> <laughs> right? So that's, that's a limiting belief that yes. I carried. And then finally, I thought, you know what? This has been an inspiration that has lived in me. I'm going to try my hand and see what happens. And the writing of the book happened. It, it's almost as if the book wrote itself once I gave my per, myself permission mm. to start. And that concept of lies that limit, lies being untruths. Mm -hmm. And it also means that it is the labels, the illusions, the excuses, and the stories that we let limit ourselves. And those four categories are a lot of how lies tend to show up in our lives. We label ourselves or other people label us and we buy it. We have illusions or false ideas and false images about life and reality and what we can do and can't do. We make excuses for ourselves or for other people that turn out to be limiting. Or we tell self-limiting stories over and over about all of the, the I can'ts and no one in my family ever, and women can't. We perpetuate yeah. the story. So that's the lie stands for, that's the acronym, labels, illusions, excuses, and stories. Mm -mm -mm. Oh gosh, well, I'm gonna give you an opportunity at the end of our interview to uh, share how folks can get a copy of that book in their hands because it is absolutely transformational for those who want to um, boost and um, in, 
infuse power into their lives as far as the developing the I can, I will watch me mantra, which is uh, how we could all live our lives. And Absolutely. And that's what it takes. It, it does. It does. And so I, um, I know we have just a few more minutes and I have, this is so extraordinarily fascinating um, and nourishing to me as I know it is to our readers. There's a couple of di different topics that I'd like to touch on. Um, and I know that this is part of your body of work, but the, the, one of the questions is, and, and both of us have experienced this in corporate America, so many leaders and those who run companies do not communicate the value of wellness and taking care of ourselves, you know, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Um, now more than ever, I see, and I see in my clients' businesses that they are beginning to have quote mindfulness, um, you know, maybe workshops once in a while, or those are now becoming more in vogue. Um, but I, I remember very vividly in my corporate experience how challenging it was to create boundaries over my work life. Mm -hmm. um, and as high achieving individuals, women who are working so hard to succeed in their career while honoring their family obligations, what advice might you give as far as steps that they may take to fill and keep their cup full? you know, spiritually and um, internally that they can continue to give as most women are givers. Yeah, that's a part of our beauty, you know, is that that quality of giving and caring and I'll call it nurturing. But one of the priorities that we have to set is around self-nurturing. Um, because when we don't self-nurture, what happens is we are giving from a container that is only half full or close to empty. And when we give from a container that's full, then we, we actually have more to give and we are less self-depleted. Right. So our work is first, and it sounds counterintuitive, but first to focus on self and to give ourselves enough sleep, mm. to give ourselves enough downtime and private time. Um, I'm a person who needs quiet time and a little time to myself every day, even if it's only 15 minutes or 20 minutes. And for me, that time is often a time where I will just sit and in a quiet space and I'll focus on my breathing if nothing mm -hmm. else. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's got that meditative quality that matters so much and helps me recharge and replenish. Um, the other thing that I find with a lot of my women clients is we carry a lot of shoulds in mm. our heads. Yes. We should do this. To be a great mother, I should do this for my kids. To be a great partner, I should do this for my partner. I should do this at the workplace. And a lot of our shoulds are actually illusions. Mm. And they, they turn out to be excuses around how we drive ourselves into overwork. There are a lot of things that we think we should do that we should actually delegate to other people. Mm -hmm. A quick story, if I could, Kimberly, you have time for that? Absolutely. 
Um, this is a client of mine and she had a six-year-old daughter at this point in time. Um, and every evening she was complaining about how every evening when she gets home, you know, she makes dinner because she feels she should have a hot meal on the table like her mother had for her when she was a kid. And um, that she should get her daughter organized for school in the morning. And when I double clicked on the get your daughter organized at night for school the next day, yes, what does that look like? Well, it's homework. Great. Parents should support their kids with doing homework. That's a, that's a reasonable should. Or someone, some adult can help to support the kids in getting homework done. And she went on to talk about how she lays out her, daughter, her daughter's clothes for the next day. And then she said, and every morning we have a fight because she never wants to wear what I've put out the night before. So I said, why are you putting out clothing for a six-year-old who really doesn't want to wear what you choose anyway? What if, and I think this is always a great little question, the what if question, mm -hmm. what if you let her choose the night before? So she started doing that. And that was a task because at, in the evening, they would spend 15, 20, 30 minutes arguing over what to wear tomorrow, only to get up tomorrow morning, have more frustration around that. So I think that that's a, a small example, but I think that there are so many ways in which we do things as women for other people that they really could do and would be well served to do for themselves. So if we just examine our lives and say, what can I let go of doing and delegate to someone else? Right. We would give ourselves a little more time and space for self. You're absolutely right. And I, you know, sometimes um, I think about the quote, um, I think it was Aristotle uh, way long ago, but I think it said the unexamined life is mm. not worth living. Yes. And it has never been easier than in this time that we live, that we are so busy being busy and on this treadmill of daily commitments that we tie ourselves into, that we do not take the time to examine and assess what am I doing here? Why, yes. am I, why am I putting myself in this box where there's no time for me or there's no time for my health? And, and you know, I'm, I, there's not a minute for me to breathe. Yes. Um, and I think now, I mean, I lived that life for a while. And I mean, ultimately, and I think it's worth saying that living that life over a period of time um, is, you know, we women warriors, um, you know, we, who think that we can do everything and, you know, do it in back, back, doing it backwards in high heels. And for some reason, we feel like we have something to prove. But when we get ourselves through perhaps a miracle or reading a book like Lies That Limit or some pivotal moment in our lives that we begin to clear away the shoulds or the ought-tos and we take and we start honoring ourselves then we look at the craziness that we've bought into mm -hmm. um and so you know moving that down that will ultimately manifest into physical and or mental breakdown yes it will it will and you know i'm really a proponent of making conscious choices because technology can drive us to be on that treadmill 
you know, because we're accessible and stuff is showing up and we want to be responsive and look like we're on top of things and blah, 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 blah. Right. So we end up being driven by these external forces, very impersonal forces, mm-hmm. instead of checking within self, making conscious choices about what I'm going to give my energy and attention to at this point in time and carving out a little bit of that time and space for self so that we can strengthen and replenish ourselves. So important. And um, in our last few minutes, I want to kind of jump on that. And that is remembering when I worked a corporate job, uh, it was a career, it's been part of my career, but when I didn't feel like my time was all mine. Mm -hmm. um, And now, you know, you add the constant bombardment of emails and text and calls and deadlines um, and so many demands on our time daily, you and I know how incredibly critical it is to stay present. How does one do that and balance all the external demands and, you know, technologies that are, that never, ever stop? Yeah, you know, uh, one of the things that you don't know about me, Kimberly, so here's a little bit of new information, uh, is that um, I uh, sit on the board, I chair the board of an organization called the Institute for Core Energetics. And it is really, really a wonderful um, training program. And we do some uh, weekend workshops that are very helpful to people. Because a lot of the techniques that we teach in core, I'm also trained as a core energetics therapist, is a way of helping us be present, be here now, be in your body, grounded, centered, tuned into the present moment. Because a part of what uh, I think scatters us is that our focus is split. We talked about aligned energy and intention. We can check that alignment in any moment. I'm sitting in a meeting and I may be looking at people, but am I present to what's happening or is my energy elsewhere? So this idea of being energetically and intellectually head, head and heart aligned at all times applies not only to our lives and the things that we're trying to accomplish, but moment by moment it applies. I think people could help themselves slow down heart rate, lower blood pressure, decrease anxiety. If we were to, as I am in this conversation with you, I'm sitting in my chair and I am aware of my body. I'm aware of my butt against the chair, my back against the chair, and I'm breathing. And I'm paying attention to that part of me while I'm also paying attention to the conversation that we're having and the content that I want to present. So my energy and my focus are here in this moment centered with you. I will worry about what comes next. And there's a lot that comes next today. I'll worry about that when I get off the phone. And my intent is to carry this presence, this sense of presence and centeredness into the next activity that I'm doing, where that's the only thing that I'm doing. I'm not multitasking while I'm in my next meeting. 
that is so powerful. I mean, it's just so power. It's just, in my view, it's just a different, more healthy mm -hmm. way of being who we are as human beings, not human doings. Yes. Yeah. One of the interesting things for me as a, as a side point here, but very much um, connected is when I'm present in the moment to, to where I am, who I'm with, what I'm doing, I get a lot more data about what's going on in the room than when I'm sitting in the chair, partially focused on the conversation, but also thinking about or doing something else, texting, emailing, planning for the next meeting, whatever. I get more data that helps me to do a better job in this conversation, that helps me to see more about where people stand around an issue or a topic than when my energy and intentions aren't aligned and my focus is split. Mm, yes. Yes. So I would say we should all try that, um, you know, and, uh, and risk it not being perfection, but as anything, the more we practice, the uh, stronger those intentions and energies will grow. Exactly. So, well, this has been an absolutely, um, all inspiring um, and fantastic um, conversation, Teresa. I thank you so much for your time and your expert thoughts and your experience and for everything that you've brought here to our Changemaker podcast today. Uh, and I would love to give um, our listeners a way to connect with you. Um, take a look at that lies to limit lies that limit book that has been so transformational for so many. So would you please share what is the best way for our listeners to connect with you? Thank you. And let me say that it's a gift to connect with you, Kimberly. You're doing such great work in the world. And I want to acknowledge and honor that. Thank you. So people can get my book lies that limit uncover the truth of who you really are on Amazon. Uh, they can connect with me on Facebook at Spirit of Purpose. On LinkedIn, you'll find me at Teresa Moore Griffin. And on my website, spiritofpurpose.com or tmgspeaks.com, you can sign up for my weekly podcasts, uh, which are broadcast on KYW News Radio in the Philadelphia market, where I offer tips, just helpful tips around leading uh, in the workforce and leading self. Mm, amazing. So there are multiple channels. You are a very, very busy, um, fruitful producing um, business owner, and you have, have so much wisdom and sage to, to um, bless our world with. And so um, I, I couldn't support you more. And thank you again. And thank you, our listeners on the Changemakers podcast. Um, we air shows very frequently with extraordinary individuals who are making real change in the lives of others in our worlds and in themselves so until next time keep making change